Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Lunchbox with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Uh, today, we are going to be discussing price reductions, uh, an important yet sensitive conversation to have with our sellers. Uh, sometimes we are coming out of, a, out of an extremely hot market. And so while I hope this isn't happening to you regularly or maybe at all, uh, but I'm guessing that there might be some of us that this is that this is becoming more of a pertinent topic and uh, something for us to dive into. So, uh, Chris, why don't you uh, go ahead and kick us off? Lead the way, man. Yeah. So obviously we spent a lot of time working on how to be the best investor agent. So we some of the times we talk about um, how to grow as an investor and uh, sometimes we jump into some of the nitty gritty of how to handle stuff on the agent side of the business. And well, today is definitely going to be one of those agent side of the business. Um, so we're going to be talking about how to make an effective price adjustment. Um, now, notice I didn't say price reduction. I said price adjustment. Jeff, why would you say that's important to, to make a differentiation on that? Well, number, I mean, reduction is a negative word, right? I mean, just, just think of the direction of the words. Um, adjustment is a little bit more of a neutral word. It could go, you know, could honestly go up or down. Uh, a, a reduction goes directly down, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the price adjustment, you know, is, is definitely a better way to phrase that. So um, a couple of things. Uh, when does this conversation start? Jeff, like, like how, how do you set yourself up to win when you're having these conversations? Because let's be honest, it is, it's not a fun conversation to have. Nobody wants to say, Hey, you're going to make this much money for your house. By the way, we're going to cut it by this much. We're cutting into it. So what did Jeff, what would you say is the best time to begin this conversation? So, uh, well, for me personally, or where you want me to go, I'm going to give my personal and then, then where I think we're going, because I know you're <laughs> teaching on this. All right. So for me personally, I almost always know prior to a, uh, a price adjustment, whether or not we're going to be in that territory. So, you know, generally speaking, if I know we're, we're, that there's a good possibility of that, even during the listing appointment, when they're signing the listing agreement, I'm saying, listen, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to give you the best of everything that I have. That includes both my counsel, uh, that you know, and my service, right? So no matter which direction we go, I'm giving you the best of everything I got. Right now, that begins with me saying that I'm a little bit nervous about the price we're rolling with here, but you feel good about it and I want to support you. So let's attack this thing hardcore. And then if now we get to your point here, right? 10 day, you know, if we get 10 to 14 days in. And uh, we get 10 to 14 more uh, people through the house and we don't have any offers. At that point, we've got to have a serious conversation about that price adjustment. So, right. so that's how I'm going to prep them. And then once we get there, right, it's going to be, uh-oh, we, uh, we're, we're now entering that territory where we talked about we were going to have to have this conversation. We've been, 
We're, we're, we're 12 days in, we've had 11 people through and we have no offers right now. The market's telling us something. What do you think it's telling us? Boom, that's it. And and that was the whole thing. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. I wasn't, uh, I think you were yeah, going to the same place that I was going, which is at the listing appointment, right? Yeah. At the listing appointment. That's where you have the conversation, right? That's it. Um, if, if you catch them off guard, and just say, hey, we need to drop the price. I mean, this is, I'll tell you, I've talked to so many agents and it's like, hey, we need to drop the price. It's not a good thing. So let, let's jump through um, a couple steps. First is, what do you say at the listing appointment? Jeff hit, hit the script, right? Um, and you say this after it's signed, right? You talk about the pricing, you talk through it. And if they want to go at a higher place, um, what I would just say is this. Don't lose the listing in order to uh, keep the price low. But on the other hand, you've got to be able to have some benchmarks in place to be able to adjust the price, right? So we've all been there where, and if you haven't been there, it's just a matter of time because maybe you're new and, and the market is, uh, is rough where somebody wants more, more money than they can get for the house, right? And most people have been around long enough to have, told people what they really should go get for the house and they get mad and they go to another agent that will tell them what they want to hear. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, here, here's one of the things that I would say is a precursor and a little bit of an underlying reality. Right. I, I would say that one of the most important things or probably the most important thing in a listing appointment is, uh, is confidence, right? Confidence breeds certainty and it, and it develops a trust in our ability to get the job done. And so I typically roll with a level of confidence and fun bravado, right? So that they, so that they know that I'm confident. Um, so that way, if we have to have those difficult conversations, if, if we're off on price, I'm going to show them the data that I have, but then I'm going to fall back into my fun bravado and say, but listen, I can do the impossible. I already told you that I'm the best in the business. So let's prove it. Let's get after it. I'm following you on this, but if we enter that 10 to 14 days, we're going to have to have a conversation and you may want to decide to follow me after that. Something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the big things is being able to be playful, right? Because it's a very serious thing. So I, and I get it. Some people are less, less playful, um, you know, like to tell jokes a little bit less uh, than others, but you've got to be able to, to make somebody smile. Um, you got to be able to, to ease the tension. And if it's, it's just all seriousness, if you're a high D personality on the disc profile and you're just all seriousness, I'll tell you, you're going to have a very, very hard time with that. So um, you go through the pricing and here's what I would say. If they're insistent on pricing at a higher point, you, you can say, okay, we can, we can do this. With that said, I think or what I'm seeing from the comps, don't say I think because it gets back to what Jeff said. When there's a clash of wills, the person with more certainty wins. Um, and so you need to lead them to understand that that is probably a higher price point than the house is going to sell for. And say the last thing I would want is for you to feel like you're leaving money on the table when, you're, when we're working together. So I'm okay, you know, and, and like Jeff says, doing the impossible, right? Doing, you know, working with that. With that said, if, if it turns out that we get 10 days or 10 showings, 
And you say that if it's not luxury, if it's a luxury uh, deal, you, you can usually say in luxury, it's about 20 days or 10 showings. Um, if we get to 10 days or 10 showings, the market has spoken to us that we're priced, you know, that our pricing is incorrect, right? So we will know that there's, there is an issue, whether it's our pricing or whether maybe there's, there's a massive issue with something. So I'll give an example. Our, our team, we had a, a townhouse that should have sold. Well, in the basement of the house, uh, she had some uh, furniture and it was just stacked up with boxes around it. Well, there was some water that like some liquid in one of the boxes that burst, ran on the furniture and created rust spot and a water spot in the basement. So everybody kept saying, oh man, there's, there's water issues down there. There wasn't water issues, but there was a water spot, but they just didn't know that her basement was filled with boxes and one had liquid that burst in it. And so, uh, so we, had, we had feedback from the market. The market spoke to us. The other piece on that is the market is dynamic, right? So we can blame the market. We can say, this is the market. The market has spoken and it's not you being the bad guy the market is the bad guy, right? When, when people are upset, there's, there's an old phrase that says, hurt people hurt people, right? And so when, when you look like you're gonna lose 15 grand, 25 grand on your house just by reducing the price, people want a dog to kick. And if you are that dog, they're gonna be so angry at you. So you, you give them the dog to kick. This third party, this entity, the market, right? Like they can kick that dog. Right. We, and we haven't seen much of this coming up to now, but now days on market are getting longer. We're, we're seeing that the market is speaking, saying that it's not as strong as it was. So you want to give them that dog to kick. But you do that after it's signed. You, we, we let them sign it and say, OK, just remember, the market's going to speak to us after 10 days or 10 people come through. Uh, if we have not sold, then that means we need to make an adjustment either in what, how we're offering the property or in terms of price. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, can we go back one more step? Cause there, there's another uh, script that I use that, you know, some, and, and I'm very serious about it, but it, it, it tends to really kind of prep these conversations if need be. Right. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I would say, and it's very true. Um, I didn't come from money. Right. I, I grew up in a rural town in Kansas. I didn't come from money. I understand the value of a dollar. And so, you know, one of the things that as my role is to protect your equity, to, to put as much money in your pocket as possible. And I understand that when I tell you that we can get X price for the house, you have already emotionally deposited that money in the bank. So if we have to come back and have this price adjustment conversation, I know that I'm physically actually asking you to pull that money out of the bank. That's how it operates on your body. That's the stress, that's the anxiety, that's the frustration that it brings about. So I, so again, this is a part of me being very honest of where I think I, where I'm at versus where they are, but at the same time, and one of the things that I really kind of find about this is you got to, you know, you got the person that just really wants that extra money, but they're, but they're really not sure. And, and that person, I'll be like, listen, I just want to protect you from the agents that, that's going to tell you that they can get you this. And then they start taking you down this emotional roller coaster, this emotional journey of just taking more money out of the bank. 
right? Now, if they're like kind of a high D personality, they get that real strong personality. They're going to say, they're going to say, I'm not, I'm not depositing any money. Don't worry about my emotions. Let's just try to sell this thing for as much as we can. And then that's where the fun bravado comes back in. It's like, all right, it's game time. Let's do this. Right. Game on. But yeah. I, I love that emotionally depositing the money in the bank and having to take it out because that, that is a true reality, right? It's this, it's a psychological factor on our, on our mind and what that does to the rest of our be, you know, ourself or being our body. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's such a great point is you literally are taking money out of their, their imaginary bank account. As soon as you, as soon as you adjust the price. I'm doing that with my own house right now. You know, like I'm, you know, I'm rehabbing, remodeling my house about to sell it. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do this with my money. Well, the market's cooling off the, 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 the renovations are taking longer than I had expected. And so now I'm getting less money. And so I'm, I'm physically, you know, I'm going through that process myself. So, you know, if it's happening to me as a person who understands the market and knows how all these things work, you know, it's going to happen to your client. Yeah. And, and my guess is, you know, you probably have your dog that you want to kick when things are going, the contractor, the whatever, you're the realtor. So you can't kick yourself. <laughs> although you probably are at times. you know. <laughs> yeah. Or, or my wife does it for me. Yeah, she's the one kicking. You're the dog. Nice. I love it. <laughs> um, so with that said, let's um, let's jump into what pricing should look like. I'm about to share something that was one of the biggest mind-blowing uh, pieces to pricing properties and uh, price adjustments I've ever seen. So two things. One, when you price a property... I used to always think, you know, $399.9 was better than $400. $499.9 was better than $500. Well, in marketing it is, but in real estate it's not. And I'll tell you, this, when I heard it, I instantly knew the truth of the statement, but it was so mind-blowing to me. If you price at, let's say, let's say you price at $400, right? If you price at $399, I, I'm looking for cars for my daughter and, uh, and so I put my price criteria in there. If I, anything is below it or anything is a dollar above it, it's invisible to me. So if, if I decide that I want to look for houses between 400 and 550, right? You see that that is part of the way people search. If I price at 399, boom, the house is invisible. How many times are buyers looking for stuff below what they're pre-qualified for? So maybe they're pre-qualified for up to 450, but they don't want to spend any more than 400. But we all know they find things they fall in love with and they'll spend 425, 445, whatever on it. And that's the deal there. But at 399.9, your house is invisible. So if somebody is looking from 250 to 400, at 400, you're visible. If somebody's looking from four to 550, at 400, you're visible. So that's the crazy thing right there is you want to not be invisible. And so what are the, I mean, just look at the big tick, tick marks where people look. So 400, boom, on the 100 is really, is, is it. 415 has a search, like it's a smaller search mark. I can go up to 415. 425 is a bigger search mark. 435 is a smaller one. 450, bigger one. 465, smaller one. 475, big one. 485, small one, 500, big one. So literally, if we're not on those tick marks, we are at an invisible price for somebody. Like, I'll tell you, as soon as I heard that, I was like, wow, that, 
That's so true. It rings true, but it was something that was so totally contrary to everything that we knew going to the store, seeing 199. But the reality is in the store, you're walking by at 199. On real estate, you're searching based on price. And so your price is in making it invisible for some people. Does that make sense? I love um, I love the word, the term invisible. I, I've used this script for, for a couple of years now. Uh, basically pretty much since I got into real estate, but I, I, I've never used that word invisible, right? And uh, I, we were talking about it the other day. And, and, and so it's, it's, a, it's a term that I'm starting to incorporate into that piece because nobody in their right mind who wants to sell their house wants their house to be invisible, right? Right. And, right. and so how does this work out? Uh, two questions for you. Um, so when we go to price adjustments, how does this work out? And then also, how does this ha work out in, in more of a luxury market? Any, any thoughts on those two? Yeah. So luxury, I mean, if you don't drop by a big enough percentage, it won't really get anything out there. Um, so when you're looking at a price adjustment, let's say you're at 450 and you need to adjust. A lot of times sellers will say, why don't we adjust by five grand? Why don't we... Why don't we adjust by, say, 3%, which is, you know, because percentage is a big, uh, a big key there. Um, but one of the things that you need to look at is these price points. So if you're at 450, you want to drop down to 435 because that's, that's the next visible price. Now, what I will say is if they're refusing to do that, what, here's one of the little tools that I've used over the years which you might want to use if you're within the realm where you're like, uh, we're getting a lot of showings, but no offers. One of the things that I've done is ask my assistant to drop the price by $1 every day um, for, for the next week. And the reason you do that is, and I've actually sold a couple of houses through this little trick. Um, the reason you do that is every time there's a price movement, anybody that has the property saved it will show up on the front of their email screen. So every morning you drop it and then boom, they get an email with your property's smiling face looking them in the eye, right? And so that's one little trick that you can use before you go for a big drop. But then when you, you're actually dropping, um, when you wanna get new fresh eyes on it, um, people that stopped at 435, you need to get to 435 or you're not gonna get fresh eyes on it, which is why, you know, you look at people that price at 439, 442, for like these odd numbers, and it's it's not doing any good for the client. It's just it's just really not. Yeah. So so when we're talking about a price adjustment, let's say that we listed at 550. Uh, you know, now it's time to have this conversation about adjusting price. Your yeah. recommendation, how much do we adjust by? So that depends on where we are. Are we getting any showings whatsoever? So here's the two things. First is if you ever have this conversation and you've not run comps in the neighborhood, you are shooting yourself in the foot. You are literally in the worst place scenario ever. And I'll tell you, I'm going to lead by uh, with vulnerability here. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to clients about making a price adjustment and a new house has come on the market that's priced better than ours or a, a house went under contract and since I looked at the at the comps in the last like 24 hours and they say, why is this house under contract and mine isn't? Well, maybe their house is bigger and they're selling for a little bit. And they're saying, well, 
and this literally has happened. They say, well, that house, um, that house, I'm at 450, that house sold at 465. Why did that house go under contract when ours is priced better than that? And then I'm like, oh, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Um, and, but the, the reality is, well, that's because that house is much bigger and the price per square foot is so much better. Well, I couldn't answer that question. And as soon as they ask the question and you don't have the answer for it, that's when you get yourself into a whole heck of a lot of trouble because you can no longer be trusted because you don't know the numbers. So that's the first thing. you got to know the numbers and you've got to run everything and you need to have your computer open. Never, ever, ever have this conversation without your computer open because sometimes they'll also bring up something from like a mile away that wasn't even in your comps and you need to be able to talk about it. And if you can't just pull it up and uh, uh, talk about it, then you're, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So now back to your question, how do you have the price adjusted? Let's, let's just role play the, uh, the conversation, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Hey, I just wanted to talk about the property. You know, I sent you the report earlier. We've had um, 1,300 Facebook, 1,312 Facebook views. We've had, you know, this many Redfin views, this many Realtor.com views, uh, this many views on the MLS, um, and this many saves. Um, so with it, we're getting a lot of eyes on, but we've only had three people through the property in the last seven days. And I know that we talk every week because we always talk every week. Um, I know that we talk every week to discuss what happened over the weekend. And, uh, and just looking at this, I know that you need this, you, you, you don't need to sell it, but you want to sell the property and move on. And just with what we're seeing here, I'll tell you, the conversation we had when we first met together um, a few months back was that every 10 days or 10 people through, if the property has not sold, we need to have that conversation. It's, it's been 10 days and we've, had, um, we've ha had the people through on it. And what we're seeing is nobody's telling us any problems with the property. So when they're not telling us problems, but they're not writing offers, what they're telling us is that the price is is a problem for them. And so I've seen this over and over and over again, uh, where you want more people to come through, but for whatever reason, it's like, have you bought a car, Jeff, in the last few, uh, few years? Yeah, I bought one uh, two years ago. Okay, so when I bought my car, I had a similar situation. And did you, did you call any diff different dealerships or did you just go in and, and pick one out? No, I, I had a whole process. I called several different dealerships to you know, try to get the best price I could. Yeah. So they probably told you the exact same thing they told me when I, I looked at cars, I, was, I would start talking to them about price. And you know what? Every single one of the, the people said like across the board, they had their, their script down. You know what? Every single one of them said, what's that? They said, why don't you come on in and I'll get my manager involved and I'll see what we can do. And, uh, and they're like, you know, I, I think we, we might be able to work, work something out for you. Every single one. So the whole goal is they know that when you're looking online, that uh, that you're looking just just intellectually. But their whole goal is that you come down, you spend your time, you get emotionally invested, and then and then you sign the paperwork and and take off with it. Well, that's the big thing here with with properties is because over 50% of people find the property they're looking for online. They're just looking, and, and it's like me, when I see a car that was priced too high, I'd say next, 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 next. 
But when you see something you like in a price point that makes sense, then then I'd be excited about it. And once I got emotional about it, that's when um, you could get me to sign the paperwork. And so our goal is to get people to say, yes, I'm interested in coming to the house. And we found that when the price is, is a little bit too high, that uh, that people don't come into the houses often, and then we can't get them emotionally invested. And it, it gets really, really hard to, to do it. And on top of that, we really want to avoid something that's called a stale listing. And uh, the reason why is um, every time you've ever looked at, at a house, do you know what the number one question is that uh, buyers ask when they look at a house? No, no. What is it? It's how long has it been in, on the market? You know why they, do you know why they ask that question? Probably because I don't know. I mean, maybe if it's been on the market too long, there's something wrong with it. Exactly. Yeah. They, they think there's something wrong with it or, Hey, this has been on the market for a long time. Let's send a low ball offer. And for me personally, I want to protect you from that, that low ball offer. I want to protect you from, from people just thinking that, that, Hey, they're going to get a sweet deal at your expense. And so um, I, I think that we need to get the property to a place where people are going to get in, in the house and make that emotional investment. And that's where I can do my, my work and just beat people up and really, really get them, get you the best price for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. So we're at 500 now. And, you know, we talked about this early on when we sat down, you know, people search at certain criteria. I would recommend that we look at a 585 price um, to really, really get people that, that they stop their search at 585. I'd like to get them looking at the property. And just so you know, those people don't tend to be pre-qualified just to 585. If they're, pre if they're looking at 585, they're probably pre-qualified up to like 615, 625. Um, so I'd really like to get people that are looking and stopping at that range to get their eyes on the property. So would that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would. I just, you know, I'm kind of wondering, I'm a little bit worried about the market. Um, you know, starting to wonder if it's still a good time to sell. I know that, you know, it just seems like, like you said, we're just not getting a lot of people looking at it. And my neighbor's house down the road sold, you know, in, in a matter of days for, you know, for, for right where we're at. Yeah. No, you're, I mean, you're, you're definitely right about the market and, and that's one of the other things. I don't think that we're in for a massive crash, but we have seen, started seeing adjustments. We've seen prices start to come creep down a little bit. And heck, if I were looking to sell my house and I knew 2008 was coming, I'll tell you what, I would have wanted to cash out, you know, before it starts going downhill. Um, so I'm not saying that that's what's happening here, but what I would say is this, is to be able to get certainty on, selling at a fairly high high number is really, really important. And definitely the market has slowed for sure. I mean, you saw that, I mean, in the last uh, 30 days, I think pre-qualifications have gone down in America by about uh, 53%. So we're seeing that there's less buyers out there uh, looking to buy. So um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's my thought there. I think that it's important to get it sold fast rather than waiting for the market to continue to adjust a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. All right. So let's, let's jump in with the, I'll, I'll make the adjustment at 585. And again, to, to really work this out for you uh, to make sure that we're in a good place, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll make sure that we have an open house this week as well. 
um, just to get more eyes on, on your property. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Sounds good. Boom. All right. So we're at 12 o'clock. Um, uh, time to uh, wrap. But Jeff, do you have any uh, any thoughts you want to add to that uh, that role play? No, I mean, I think it was good. Um, you know, you know, if I'm, uh, you know, may want to try to be uh, slightly more concise. Um, and then, you know, if they start talking about pushing out to, you know, maybe the mark, maybe it's not a good time to sell. Uh, remember their, their motivations, uh, you know, their pain points, their, you know, what, what are they moving to next? Um, you know, if, if I know they're buying up, I, I try not to reference 2008 because the last thing they want to do is buy, you know, buy up before it crashes. Uh, if they're buying down, then then I may emphasize it a little bit more. But again, I don't want to I don't want to be a fear monger. So uh, I, I'll I thought you handled it really appropriately of like, hey, remember this It's very unlikely it's going to happen. But we all but as a professional agent helping you to protect your equity, et cetera. Like I always want to, you know, we, we need to at least have it in the peripherals, if not, you know, closer. Yeah, 100%. That's great. Well, very cool, guys. It, uh, if there's any of these other topics that'd be helpful to anybody here, please let us know. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Jeff, why don't you take us home? Awesome. Hey, friends, thanks again. This concludes another episode of your Uncommon Lunchbox. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will be back this Thursday, same time, same place. Uh, hope to see you then. Until then, continue crushing it. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.